Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card, right this way, it's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Two of the Lombardi line right here on Decent, presented by MGM. Dave Ross alongside Wes Reynolds. And Wes, let's get into some prop scenarios for the AFC title game. And a couple of these stick out to me and you go, well, if you got some boys, you might want to pull some money together because you're going to have to lay some big numbers. But you think they got to be sure things, right? Mm-hmm. Now, one of them that just jumped out to me, both teams to score 10 or more points. Come on. 10 or more points. The over-under is sitting at, what, 54 right now? Mm-hmm. You got to lay 1,600 for that to happen. The no is plus 750 if you think there's no way that one of these teams is going to get there. It, is that the type of thing where you, you get the boys together and try to pull that money? I usually skirt those, but there are advantage players that might be quant guys that say, well, this number should be minus 2,000 or whatever, right. because you got to think both of these teams, this uh, total, the over has already been bet. So you got to think that, you know, both teams are going to score. The BTTS, both teams to score, is actually a very popular bet in soccer. Mm. So you often see that. And there's a, you know, because there's different ways to bet these games because obviously, you know, you know, the results, whatever's going to happen being put aside, it's baked in. I think these lines are tight. The numbers are where there should be. Like, you're not going to look at a number on side or total and say, ah, that number's off by three or four points. These numbers are exactly right. So you're not necessarily getting pure value in terms of like side or total. So that's where the props, that's where it allows you to kind of get involved. And we're seeing more of those now more in the conference championship and other playoff games. That points race one is interesting. Yeah. I want to cycle back to a point I made at the top of the last hour and terms of just the general breakdown of this game the Bengals have been slow starters this year 29th and first quarter DVOA per football outsiders defense 28th and second quarter DVOA so you see the Bengals and that's where I talk about that they run a little bit too much to start the game on first down so you look at that race to 10 points you would certainly lean Chiefs at minus two dollars because Cincinnati has been slow starters and that's the one thing that's kept me off from so far betting Cincinnati now at seven and a half I would like them better than the Chiefs and still may end up playing that but you do worry do the Bengals get behind early you know where it's like okay we're in taller cotton now we're in the AFC championship game we're not used to being here we're Johnny come lately Mm. and the Kansas City Chiefs are Johnny been here before and been here and done that so that the Chiefs get off to that hot start that they get the ball first you know and Mahomes and company they just drive right down the field and then it's seven nothing in a blink of an eye and then the Bengals all of a sudden are behind Tennessee really never really got away from them it was that field goal battle early but the Bengals were right in the game and 
that would be that was the first thing that stood out to me when I looked here is minus two dollars on the Chiefs to be the first to ten because the Bengals are slow starters. But obviously, those numbers I gave you in terms of DVOA, those are baked into the numbers. You see the twenty points or more for both teams. So again, if if because the numbers are tight, and so there's really not even an advantage of of laying the minus sixteen hundred uh, again because it's just is such a huge glaring number. If if we do expect points, can you count on both teams to get them? Because I know, to Will's point, maybe a Kansas City team prop. We'll talk about that in a second. Or do you think both teams can eclipse that 20-point mark if you're an overbacker? You would think that both of them would uh, if if you're looking at that from that standpoint. So I would lean a little bit, a little bit on the yes to that side. But... You know, sometimes these things are, you know, hard to predict, just like with with the props, like what the game flow is going to be. So I could see people if if like they don't want to lay Kansas City. Look, the team total now, the team total I'm looking at and and some of the faraway place markets, you know, 31 and a half on Kansas City for the team total. So you're not exactly getting a bargain there. The team total on the Cincinnati Bengals, by and large, 23 and a half in the market. Both juice to the over here a little bit because this total is going to get bet and that's to my point back with the referee Bill Vinovich if you're not going to see a lot of penalties called here you're not going to see a lot of offensive holding so you're not going to see okay we're going to have you know first and or second 19 here where those are just like drive killers right. when you have all these offensive holding penalties you're not going to see a lot of DPIs necessarily either so you wonder because it's been consistent on both sides of the ball I think your point is largely correct that that's probably going to favor a little bit more of the over if this game is not overly efficient if we're not calling a lot of offensive holding, not a lot of false starts, not a lot of offensive pass interferences. The concern on the Bengals side is they got to be, they got to protect better up front. You can't have nine sacks and score a lot of points. Right. And it's not all on the offensive line either. Joe Burrow, He'll you know, kind of tends to hold the ball yep. a little bit. It reminds me a little bit of the Manning cast. You know, I'll try to do my best Peyton Manning here. I don't like ball holders, Eli. <laughs> don't like ball holders. You got to get rid of the football. And, uh, you know, Joe Burrow needs to learn that. He's only in his second year of the league. And sometimes it takes an ace quarterback with a lot of talent, as Joe Burrow has. It takes three or four seasons to learn. Get that ball out of there. You know, all the great ones are able to do that. The Mannings, the mm-hmm. Bradys, the Aaron Rodgerses, Ben early, Ben Roethlisberger early in his career. You can't hold on to that ball because these pass rushers, these guys are so fast. And you look at a guy like Melvin Ingram on that Kansas City side, Chris Jones in the middle at defense of tackle can certainly get a rush up the middle. You, you can't hold the ball against these guys or they're going to waylay you nine sacks for the Titans on Saturday. Oh, let's get into a couple of these other ones, Wes. And this one is intriguing to me, which team will a team record three unanswered scores. Now? Yes. Is minus two fifty. The no is plus one seventy five. Now you go, well, you get that middle eight scenario where sometimes teams try to hold the ball if they know they're getting the ball first in the second half. So that's kind of two consecutive possessions that you could see without playing defense, right? But still, it feels like to me they're double-dog daring you to take the no here and or will the team to score the first points win the game. That goes to the Kansas City fast start game script that you like there. Mm-hmm. And the yes there is juice to your minus 200, uh, the big favorite there. So 
What do you make of those two particular props? And the first one is intriguing because you really have to think about game flow, how that could possibly happen. Yeah, and this is actually a popular prop in the Super Bowl as well, these unanswered three scores. We did see it last year with uh, Tampa Bay against this very same Kansas mm-hmm. City team. When you get like a blowout in a game, especially if you do think a game is going to be a blowout, then that means there's going to be three unanswered scores, and that's why it's taxed. And I think especially when you have a big favorite in a conference championship game, and I would consider seven points to be a big favorite in this type of game. And we know favorites have historically done well in this spot, as we pointed out in the first hour. So, you know, the yes, I think is rightfully juiced uh, to the over here. So that would be where I would lean. I'm not necessarily recommending a bet on this, but that would be my lean here because there is a chance, like I said, if the Bengals get behind early, that maybe they are not used to this situation. They go in a little bit of panic mode, turn the ball over or a sack fumble. And then before you know it, Chiefs are up 14 or 21 enough. You know, one of these props here, you look at it, you go total touchdown scored. The over for six and a half combined touchdowns is plus 105. The under is minus 135. Now you go, well, you're going to get the over. You're going to get all those touchdowns. These teams both have great kickers. Mm-hmm. You got a rookie kicker, obviously, Cincinnati. We see all what he did uh, throughout the year and certainly in Tennessee. And then you saw what Bucker did under a critical situation to nail that field goal to force overtime. What do you make of that touchdown prop? And a great point there. And here's a reason why it's juiced to the under. Even though we saw the Chiefs, and Will Hill pointed it out at the end of the last hour, that total, even though you look at it, 78 oh, points, man. this over came in easily because I was on the under in that game. It did not, and I had to sweat the teaser as well. I that, that did not go over very easily. That had 47 points, and the Bills had to convert a fourth and 13 to go ahead and get that over. So more often than not, that's going to get stopped. Even a, 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 you know two teams that can put up the points here, It's juiced to the under because both of these teams will rely on their kicker. And Mm -hmm. I think you're seeing coaches across the board, and we have seen this in the playoffs. Even coaches that are, you know, more than willing to go for it on fourth and one, fourth and two, fourth and three. We saw both of these teams rely on kickers. Cincinnati obviously did very heavily with McPherson, and he got the game winner in what was a low-scoring game. But even the Chiefs, remember that play where the Belldozer, Blake Bell was in at quarterback, and they didn't run this big tank, the Belldozer up the middle. They had him do an option play like he's at Oklahoma and they're playing Tulsa on a September afternoon. I'm like, this is the freaking NFC playoff or the the playoffs, man. You know, you got to be able to, uh, you know, not run that play necessarily. And it got stopped and it was still fourth and short. So Kansas City was up two, could have went for it. But they elected to send Harrison Butker, who, oh, by the way, did miss a field goal Mm -hmm. at the end of the first half going into halftime where it was tied at 14. So. Andy Reid still trusted him enough to send him back out there, albeit it was a much shorter field goal. So that's why I think you're seeing that juice to the under because these coaches do get a little bit conservative and they will trust their kickers in these situations. Yeah, and you see uh, total field goals made uh, overall three and a half is uh, over is minus 105. The under is juiced a little bit minus 120, uh, which is interesting to me. Very quickly. The total for the Bengals touchdown scored. They understand for the Chiefs it's three and a half, and that's juiced to the over at minus 130. But the Bengals, it's juiced to the under two and a half at 120. If the Bengals are going to be in this game, that that prop has got to go over. Yeah, and and look, uh, that's where you have the kicker bias. We saw McPherson. Clearly, that guy you know, one in a big position. They absolutely trust him. So that's why it's baked into the under right now in terms of uh, in terms of under touchdowns. I think at minus a dollar twenty because it's like, well, 
Cincinnati, you know, they'll they'll take the points in certain situations. I think Zach Taylor being a, you know, is a little bit more of a conservative coach maybe than some others, especially the guy on the other side being Andy Reid. Mm-hmm. So, you know, uh, you're not getting the plus money yet. I don't know if you will get the plus money, but that's why you have the bias towards the under because Cincinnati will trust McPherson. Yeah, they will. So, And you can understand why. And, again, I, I know maybe people, uh, coaches will coach a little bit differently in the regular season than they will in the postseason. You can understand why they get a little bit more conservative. That conservative approach actually helped out Cincinnati last week in that win against Tennessee. When we come back, we'll flip the script over to the NFC and take a look at some of their prop scenarios. Come on back. It's the Lombardi line. Right here on Visa, the Sports Betting Network. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is... And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. So I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. part of our show or anything on the VEASAN schedule today, don't forget to check out our free sports betting podcast. Catch replays of all of our shows or go and download and listen on your schedule. Go to VEASAN.com slash podcast and get beating the book with Gil Alexander or Market Insights with Josh Applebaum. Plus, we've got Hardwood Handicappers, the Lombardi Line, Follow the Money, My Guys in the Desert, Coast to Coast Hoops. We've got Long Shots, we've got First Strike, and many more. They're all free and available now at VEASAN.com slash podcast or wherever you get your podcast. Dave Ross alongside Wes Reynolds. This is the Lombardi Line right here on Visa. We do have some breaking news. Adam Schefter of ESPN reporting that the Bears are finalizing a deal to hire Chiefs Assistant Director of Player Personnel Ryan Poles as their next GM. So they go Ryan Pace to mm-hmm. Ryan Poles. Uh, and again, this is significant because obviously some people will start connecting dots and say, all right, Kansas City guy going. I don't think he's going to bring Steve Spagnuolo with them, but maybe Eric Bieniemy. Now I know the Bears have been talking to mostly defensive coaches. That's what we've seen here. We wonder if that changes the equation at all. But again, when you've been doing interview searches for head coaches, Bill Polian's been running that 
pretty much for the Bears. Mm-hmm. And now you bring in a GM, right? So Ryan Poles, I wonder how much of a say of what's already been conducted before he got there, how much say he's going to have to sway maybe a thought that he might have for the new head coach. Well, and and look, there's the philosophy, maybe, okay, Matt Nagy was an offensive guy, maybe they're going to go defense. We've heard, we know Matt Eberflus, the uh, Colts yes. defensive coordinator, has interviewed there, and, uh, you know, a lot is going to depend on kind of the movement from the other teams. If Sean Payton elects to go ahead and take that rumored offer to go ahead and join the booth at Fox with Troy Aikman joining joining Al Michaels more than likely at Amazon mm-hmm. uh, for NFL coverage. Uh, then all of a sudden you got to think Dennis Allen maybe gets promoted from within by Gail Benson done a great down job there in defense. New Orleans. Yeah. And, and Dennis Allen might get some defensive uh, consideration you would think elsewhere. So, you know, I'm going to be interested to see uh, to see what and what in fact the Bears do. Uh, another Kansas City front office guy getting a head GM job. Of course, Indianapolis uh, has one with Chris Ballard a few years ago was mm-hmm. in that Kansas City city front office so uh we shall see what happens there but you know you have at least your future quarterback with justin fields got to get him some support up some support up front but i could very much see a defensive guy at least that would make sense for chicago but you never know with the uh mccaskey uh Hallis no right and it depends how much uh influence polls will have because you can make the case here that you go well if you're bringing in ryan polls now and i got justin fields and I just saw what you were able to do with Patrick Mahomes. Then if you can do that at Justin Fields, mm-hmm. then they, we've got something. So it'll be very intriguing because it did seem like all defense, all defense, all defense. And now you bring in polls. Let's see which way they One end up going. quick thing I want to uh, uh, talk about here. This just broke, actually just got announced by the NFL. I know referees have been a big discussion here on yeah. this show. We do have a referee announced for Super Bowl 56. That would be Ron Torbert. Oh. By the way, Ron Torbert, third least amount of penalties called in this league. We said we already know who number one is, Bill Vinovich, mm-hmm. who's on this Bengals Chiefs AFC championship game. Only Vinovich and Tony Carrente's crew called less than Ron Torbert. So, uh, you know, I always like, you know, less penalties Me more too. so than more penalties. I, I side on, okay, let the players decide the game here. Well, let's talk about the game in the NFC here and get to their props and areas for the Niners and the Rams. We talked about the points race in the AFC, and you can understand why these numbers are down for the NFC game where we're just not expecting that many points as we expect in the AFC title game. So the first one at 10 points, the Niners are plus 120. The Rams minus 150. Neither team getting to 10 is plus Mm 10,000. Now, before you just count that off, the Niners almost didn't get to 10 last week against the Packers. So I don't. They've obviously, you know, you're not going to like trick these, uh, these teams where it's like, okay, we don't know what they're going to do. Yeah. You might have some kind of player formation that, okay, we've been saving for this game, but the first meeting was uh 31 to 10. What was the final score in the second game? Both teams were in the mid twenties. Cause it went, it went to, to overtime. overtime. Right. I think it was 20 or it was 27, 24. If memory serves me correctly, I don't have it in front of me, yeah, but nevertheless, I, I that's right. Yes. Yeah. And, but, I, it, but it was 17, nothing right before yeah, the half and yeah. then overtime kind of pushed that total. Well, yeah, so uh, look, uh, what what I would be maybe looking at in terms of a points race prop, what would stand out to me is maybe neither at plus 575. I'm not necessarily going to recommend playing that, but right. at least 
you know, from first glance here, because look, could you see 1714? You're probably not going to see it, but it's certainly plausible. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's not exactly plausible in that AFC game, but you know, and to this point, uh, just back to the referee point real quick, I don't want to beat this to death, but it is Carl Sheffers who called the most penalties in the national football league. So is that going to favor the offense or the defense? That really depends. And there are sites out there where you can kind of break down in terms of what the most popular penalties were like Carl, Sheffers' crew called 49 offensive holdings, 38 false starts, but they also called 22 defensive pass interferences, 14 unnecessary roughness, 13 defensive offsides, 11 defensive holdings, holdings. 10 neutral zone infractions, 10 roughing the passers, <laughs> 10 offensive pass interferences. Woo. So it really doesn't favor each side. It's really, I think, is not defined because it's like he's flag happy on both sides. He doesn't discriminate which no. unit gets the laundry thrown against him. If you don't like that neither team can get to 20, which is plus 575, that both teams score 20 or more is minus 135. So again, that almost seems like the quote-unquote safer of the two options. Now, again, you're not getting that big plus money, and you got to lay a little bit at minus 135, but it doesn't feel like, again, 46 is what the overall total is. So figure out how your handicap works there. But certainly 30 or more for both teams, the no is minus 1,200. We just don't see a game for both teams in the 30s. No, I, I, I wouldn't think so. I think uh, you have two defenses that are playing very, very well here in this spot. Obviously, the 49ers, they've led the league the last eight weeks in terms of rush defense. So can they shut down the Rams game? And okay, okay, Matthew Stafford, you got it done in the clutch last week. Fair play and compliments to you. Can you do it here in this one? And I think uh, Sean, or excuse me, Kyle Shanahan and D'Amico Ryans are uh, more than willing to go ahead and try to make him prove that again. Let's talk about whether or not we'll see three unanswered scores in this game because the yes says minus 250, which is, again, I believe exactly what it was in the AFC title game, and also the no is plus 175. Now, will the team to score first win the game? The no is plus 140 there. So they're expecting a, a tighter tussle obviously with a right. three and a half point spread. So there might be a little bit more value in that. No. And I think you kind of see that the market maybe isn't totally confident in both of these quarterbacks, because we know Matthew Stafford, look, the sample size is obviously biased because it's, it, he was with Detroit. So when you see all these trends this week of, you know, Matthew Stafford against winning teams and, and, and they're not very pretty when you look at it, but keep in mind that was when he was a member of the Detroit lions. So I believe, uh, yeah, Matthew Stafford, Stafford 1435 and 2 29% against teams over 500 in November or later, but that was largely with Detroit. So you got to, I think, throw that out. But Jimmy G, we mentioned earlier, he probably was the weakest performing quarterback. I think that's safe yeah. to say of the four remaining here. So, uh, you know, Jimmy G uh, is going to get his fair share of criticism. It's like, okay, well, they're winning in spite of this guy. You know, they're winning with their defense and they're winning because they're running the ball. But he's shown that he can make big plays and big throws when he have to. I mean, just go back to this very game against the Rams in week 18 where, you know, he, he looked absolutely dead out there. The thumb is like dragging 
dragging across <laughs> the field, and he makes that huge throw over the Kittle to get him a very important three points before the half yes. that really kept him in the game because if they don't score in that first half, they're dead. game's over, and New Orleans probably had their playoff spot in San Francisco would have been going home. And maybe the Cowboys so, would have had the Cardinals. Everything could have been different last, yeah. but it wasn't because Jimmy G did gut that out. How about the total touchdown scored here? Overall, we got five and a half. Juice to the over, uh, excuse me, juice to the under at minus 145. The over is plus money at plus 110. San Francisco to score two or more is plus 115. The Rams to score two or more is minus 150. If you think both teams can score three or more, the yes, that's plus money at plus 280. Any prop there that jumps well, out? Well, these props mirror the game total here. And going back to what Will Hill said in the final segment of the last hour, I think this is going to close lower than the current number on the 49ers. This may close three. They're going to get support. I think the under is going to continue to get a little bit of support here. We've already seen it. It was 47. Now 46 and a half at BetMGM. There are plenty of 46s out there. So I'm not saying it's going to keep nosediving very much because there's going to be enough money and liquidity in the market where you're going to get resistance on the over. But... I do. I don't think that this is going back above 47. I don't think there's going to be that much buyback. So there's the bias to the under, and you see that reflected in the props. I'll just say this very quickly: the number of uh, field goals made for the Niners one and a half. It's over minus 110 for the Rams. It's it's minus 135 for the over one and a half. I gotta tell you, if I'm playing that prop, I'm taking Robbie Gold and the Niners Good kicker as there, gold. right? Because uh, we know Gay right now has got some issues with his legs. We'll see about accuracy and length there. When we come back, we'll dip our toe into the NBA slate on a Tuesday night. Come on back. It's the Lombardi line right here in Beeson, the Sports Betting Network. a great new offer to help make this your best betting year ever. Our all-new Big Game Big Dance special provides VEASAN Plus all access to everything we do from now through April 5th for only $69. Sign up now and get our daily best bet emails, 24-7 video access, the upcoming Big Game and College Hoops betting guides, plus full access to VEASAN.com with our exclusive betting split breakdowns on every single game. It's one of the biggest and most exciting betting seasons of the year, so don't miss out on one of our best deals of the year. Visit VEASAN.com slash big deal to sign up today. Dave Ross alongside Wes Reynolds as we dip our toe into the NBA. And I want to look at some some betting stats where we stand here as we uh, get ready for the February season to begin. Because, again, we're starting to get into that time of the year. We're starting to really start to gear up who the good teams are and who the bad teams are, at least ATS. The Thunder, how about this? 29-16-2 ATS. I did not have that on my bingo card as to be the best so far in the entire NBA. They're the grizzle right there. 31 and 18. They've been a revelation. And so have the Cavs. 12 games over uh, ATS. The Hornets beating expectation by 11 games. And you see the Heat, how hot they've been. Uh, nine over. And then you look conversely at some of the worst. And maybe these are just quote-unquote Public teams, certainly the Lakers would qualify there at at nine games under ATS. And the Nuggets, also nine under. And the Nets. What's the biggest surprise to you, Wes, if at all, 
on either side of the ledge. You know, I think uh, the Thunder, I wouldn't say, are a total surprise. Look, they don't win a lot of games, but they are big underdogs about every single night. So, you know, they've been covering, and, and they got a very young team there. I think the the uh, the Cavs probably would be the most surprising team. The fact that, look, they are very much a playoff team and certainly look as such. 29-17-2, it's a very young team, but it's a team that's battled through injuries. It's been getting it done. I'm not surprised when you look at that worst side of the ledger because we know that the Brooklyn Nets, you know, were the favorite in the East, and we know that Kyrie Irving, uh, not exactly always available uh, uh, for the Nets lineup and certainly won't be there tonight. By the way, Kevin Durant also still missing, so it's going to be James Harden kind of on his own a little bit, and uh, we'll see if uh, Patty Mills, who's really, I think, kind of been a savior for this team this year, can uh, help uh, the Beard uh, when they take on the Lakers tonight. Lakers 19-28. and 28. I'm not surprised. I'm not. I'm actually not surprised. The market, I think, always overvalues the Lakers. And it's like, oh, man, they got Russ. And you put him with King James and Anthony Davis. They got a team full of superstars. Well, one problem is that Anthony Davis has been out for about a month. By mm-hmm. the way, he is expected to return tonight. Now, I wonder what the limits, the minutes restriction, rather, is going to be from Frank Vogel. I don't see, you know, first game back, this guy's going to go, you know, 36, 38, 40 minutes or anything like that. But Nevertheless, uh, Lakers 19 and 28 against the number. I just think they've been overpriced and they don't have a lot of young up and coming talent because to obviously acquire a lot of these superstar and veteran players, you got to give up on it. So you see Cal Kuzma flourishing elsewhere, uh, uh, Lonzo Ball, Brandon Ingram with the uh, Pelicans. So all that young talent that they had with these guys have been long gone from this organization. And you've got a bunch of older players on this roster. So that's why you're seeing the Lakers at one game under 500. I I was low on them, and I like their season wins under anyway. And I, I think to go over, what do they got to go like 30? I thought I saw on Twitter 31 and four. They got to go like some stupid number right. to go over the season wins. So this is going to be an under season wins team. Now, they are favorites tonight, actually, in Brooklyn because Brooklyn only playing with uh, one of their big three with uh, James Harden. Brooklyn comes back home off that, you know, road trip where they went two and two straight up and against the number uh, lost at the Timberwolves on Saturday. So it is going to be just James Harden, but you know, the ratings really, when you look at the offensive ratings, hasn't really dropped or haven't really dropped with this team all that much when it's just James Harden. Uh, now, when he and Patty Mills are on the on the floor together, Brooklyn plus 5.7 in those possessions where they're on the floor and averaging 114.5 per 100 possessions. That's from uh, Jonathan Von Tobel's write-up, which you can get at vcin.com every day. He breaks down the NBA card for us and saves you a lot of work if you're an NBA better and an NBA handicapper. Uh, you know, I didn't know what to do with this game because when I look and I say, oh, how the hell are the Lakers a road favorite here when, you know, this is a team that we their problems are well documented every single day. You're watching the national shows like, OK, when's the shoe going to drop on right. Frank Vogel? Because they're trying to run him out of town as if he's the culprit for this team underachieving. Uh, so. You know, initially, I'm like, why are they a road favorite? And that would lead me to want to lay that side simply because, man, this just looks really wrong here. You know, it's almost like too easy to take the Nets as a home dog. Davis, I mentioned, is coming back. However, minus 2.9 in possessions with AD on the floor. And I often think when you get a starter back like that, especially somebody that's a key superstar player on your team, 
it takes a couple games to get them used to it. And then everything changes. The minutes rotation changes. Certain guys that were playing more minutes are now going to have to be accustomed to playing less minutes. Right. Uh, so, look, uh, I, I think he's going to improve them defensively, you would think. So, I, I would kind of actually lean to the under here. And uh, what was the opener on this? 227, 226 yeah. here at BetMGM. Still some 227s out there. I have not bet this yet, but I would certainly lean to the under because I think what you're going to see is you're going to see the uh, the defense, really. Uh, you're going to see him make a difference there. But he's been kind of inefficient offensively. Uh, their offensive rating with AD on the floor is 5.7 points per 100 possessions less. So the line probably is inflated with the Lakers laying on the road. But I'm going to take a pass on that spread, and I'd be looking at the under here. Very quickly to that end, if you're a Nets futures player and you expect the big three at some point to, to come back and be the big three, we're seeing a report today that James Harden is not enjoying his time in Brooklyn at all. He's got issues with Kyrie being a part-time player and all. Does that affect your outlook for the Nets overall, Wes? Because I, I know a lot of people expect them, when the playoffs roll around, to be the big three that we all expected at the beginning of the year. Yeah, but you wonder, uh, as the uh, news develops here, when that's going to happen, because you're anticipating that that's going to happen. And I do think Brooklyn, at full strength, is the best team in the Eastern Conference. And look, right now, they're 29-17. and 17. They're only one back of the Miami Heat. Mm -hmm. So with all this stuff going on, with KD missing Man. games, with Kyrie hardly ever available except for a few road, road games, games and obviously never can play at home at the Barclays Center in Brooklyn at least of right now and yet the Nets are only a half game back and that Eastern Conference has been very I think tightly compact Miami currently 30 and 17 then you got Chicago and Brooklyn 29 and 17 the Milwaukee Bucks 30 and 19 the aforementioned Cleveland Cavaliers just 29 and 19 a game and a half back and then the Sixers 27 and 19 and then we know this new playoff format that we saw last year is sticking around where you've got the top six that automatically get in right. and then seven and eight play against each other. The winner gets into the playoffs and then the loser has to play the winner of that nine, 10 game. So seven through 10 right now in the East would be Charlotte, Boston, Toronto, and Washington in that order. So Look, that's why I think you haven't seen a lot of drop in terms of the Nets futures market, why they're one of the chalky teams still, because they're doing this without Kyrie Irving and with Kevin Durant kind of out of lineup. We know James Harden missed a few games. Like It's like, okay, once they get at full strength, they're going to be tight, but are they ever going to get at full strength? And and that begs the question. So obviously, uh, uh, more news to follow oh on boy. the Brooklyn Nets. Once you hear that, you know that there's something to that story. So we'll figure out how that plays out with James Harden and his happiness there. In Jersey. All right, let's get or into Brooklyn rather. Let's get to the over and maybe some some players out there that like the totals here because some of the best plays here so far for overbackers have been in the Miami Heat right now, 28 and 19. Uh, to the over players there. The Lakers have actually been a good uh, six six times over uh, the mark there for the over players. And then you see the Rockets five and the uh, the T-Wolves right there, 26 and 20 as well. The under players. Boy, they really surprising here. Look at the Mavs. My goodness. 13-33-1 yeah, to the they, under. They are a very slow-tempo team. Jason Kidd, of course, has taken over down there. Part of it has been Luka has had some injuries, maybe a little bit out of shape to start wow. the season, trying to kind of work his way back in into shape. But, yeah, the Mavs have been a slower-tempo team. It's not surprising. I think everybody thinks the Warriors are so explosive offensively because we know Steph Curry can get on one. But – 
This is a really defense. good defensive they play team. Defense, yeah. So that is not a surprise. And the 76ers, they're going to go under, you know, especially, you know, when Embiid is healthy down low and, and they can uh, be resistant at the rim. So that's not, I'm a little shocked to see the Heat, who I think are kind of a much better, I, I consider them a little bit better defensive team. Maybe they're not as good as we thought, though. Mm. They have gone over the total. The Lakers, as I mentioned, they're going over in a lot of these games because AD, I think, helps out their defense a hell of a lot more than he has their offense based on the numbers. I just gave you a moment ago. Very quickly, we've got the Mavs and Warriors tonight, and we just saw the top two teams to the under. Uh, would that then, that trend, lead you in that direction tonight? Yeah, I think it would. I mean, I think the Warriors still have some offensive issues, and now they're playing a Mavericks defense that, that has been pretty darn good since uh, the start of the new year, only allowing 100.3 points per 100 possessions, and they've been 13-1 and one to the under over that stretch. Now, it's probably priced in the market at this point, but last two months, Warriors only 27th in offensive efficiency and 4th in defensive efficiency. Wow, surprising numbers, but again, that's why we try to give you that so you get the advantage uh, before you make those plays on a Tuesday night in the NBA. When we come back, we're going to go back to the NFL and maybe some news and notes that could affect some of your futures for next year's NFL slate. Come on back. It's the Lombardi line right here on VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card. Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. MGM welcomes you with a special offer for the NBA. Simply place a $10 money line wager on any game, and if either team hits a three-pointer, you're going to win 200 bucks in free bets regardless of your bet's outcome. Just use the bonus code VEASAN200 when you make your very first wager. Plus, you're going to earn M-Life rewards that can be redeemed for rooms and dining at any MGM resort. BetMGM is proud to be the authorized gaming partner of the NBA. So download the app or go to BetMGM.com. Use the bonus code VEASAN200 to win $200 in free bets if a three-pointer is made in the game you wager on. Eligibility restrictions to apply. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. New customer offer. All promotions are subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Rewards 
$5 issued is non withdrawable. Free bets source by credit. Free bets expire seven days from issuance. Please gamble responsibly. If you have a problem, call 1 800 Gambler. Promotional offer not available in Mississippi or Nevada. Wrapping things up here on the Lombardi line with Wes Reynolds. I am Dave Ross. So we only have three games left in the NFL season, of course, the two title games and then the Super Bowl. So now we're going to talk about storylines, Wes, that maybe you can get a jump. And mm-hmm. right when that Super Bowl ends, boom, and those futures come out for the 2022 regular season that maybe you want to start to take a look on. I can remember this time last year or after the Super Bowl when the Aaron Rodgers story was all a buzz, right? And I they believe took it off. they took them off the board for a time. They did. And initially you could get it where it was even money for the Packers to win the division when it looked like Rodgers was going to come back. So if you hopped on that thinking, all right, he's got to come back, boy, was that the easiest bet you ever made of the year. So let's talk about Aaron Rodgers. So we don't know what's going to become of him. We've heard LaFleur and companies come out and say so far, they want to do everything within their power to get him back. That makes sense from a football standpoint. You want Aaron Rodgers to be your quarterback if you're a Packer backer. But if he doesn't, if he does leave, we've heard rumblings again from Denver already in the mm-hmm. offseason, mm-hmm. right? West would be there. Would there be another team in this division that you say, okay, if Rodgers isn't there, I don't trust Jordan Love. So therefore, I'm going to trust X in a futures bet to win that division. Well, I, I mean, I think you got to look. Look, uh, Detroit's still very much, even though they competed hard every they game. Did. They still, I think, are very deficient of talent here. So uh, I would I would skirt Detroit from winning that division. Chicago, obviously, making a change at coach. Uh, apparently, Ryan Poles is going to be the GM. Uh, perhaps uh, uh, the uh, guy from the Browns, what I'm hearing, the favorite for the Vikings GM opening is uh, Kwesi Adolfo Mensah. Yep. Hopefully, I pronounced that name right, that he's the favorite for the Vikings GM opening. The Minnesota Vikings are looking for a new head coach. Like those Mike, two teams are messes. Yeah. Right, like Dan Campbell is like yeah. he's stability right now in Detroit compared mm-hmm. to Minnesota and Chicago. Mm-hmm. But I'm with you; it's hard to think that Detroit can make that kind of leap, even though they were a great team. ATS, right, right. But you look at Minnesota; is Kirk Cousins going to be there? You know, Justin Fields is going to be there in Chicago. And again, this is on the theory that Aaron Rodgers is not in Green Bay. So with that, with all those unknowns. It's still really tough right. to pick another team other than Green Bay to say, yeah, that's where I put my money to win the division. It is. And I think, uh, you know, kind of back to your Rodgers point, just some of the speculation. Uh, offensive coordinator Nathaniel Hackett from Green Bay just completed his second interview with the Denver Broncos. That's like the rumor that maybe he's going to be the guy that's obviously not confirmed, but obviously he's very much in the mix. So logically, you would say, okay, maybe Denver could be a place for Aaron Rodgers. And uh, look, Nobody knows about this more on VEASAN than Mike Pritchard, having been in player for the Broncos and done sports radio in Denver. That team still has got to be sold by the Bowl and Trust. So, you know, you're going to see some bids here in the late winter, early spring on who is going to buy that team. So Denver could make sense. Uh, there's also going to be a vacancy in Pittsburgh for a quarterback because Roger said at the at the end of the uh, game, the loss of the 49ers on Saturday, 
I don't want to be part of a rebuild. You know, right. I'm in my late thirties, I don't have a lot of years left. So you want to go to a team that's not all that far away. I think defensively, the Broncos are not all that far away. You could say the same thing for the Pittsburgh Steelers. You could say the same thing for the Indianapolis Colts. If they elect to cut Carson Wentz mm-hmm. or part ways with him going in March, because that's kind of been the topic. It's like, okay, we know what the hierarchy of the quarterbacks are in the AFC here. Josh Allen, he's going to stay pretty darn good for the next few years. So is Pat Mahomes. So is Joe Burrow, you know, to the point where Lamar Jackson is kind of like maybe the fifth or sixth best quarterback in the AFC. So if your teams like Denver, if your teams like Pittsburgh or your teams like Indianapolis that have some pieces in place that really you don't think are all that far away, except for that quarterback. We do have some breaking news. This comes to us from Ian Rappaport at the NFL Network, and it looks like Sean Payton 15 year run in New Orleans is over. Mm -hmm. He's going to be stepping down as the head coach. It's something you and I were talking about off air before the show began. We kind of thought this news was going to be made official today. It is now uh, being reported that Peyton will step away. We do not know yet if Dennis Allen will take over as the head coach. Did a very good job as the defensive coordinator there. Now, where is Sean Peyton going? Is he going to to Fox to team with Joe Buck as Troy Aikman would then go with Al Michaels to Amazon for their TV cover or is he going to Dallas? Well, see, that is where it gets very interesting, my friend, because you know Sean Payton, if he wants to coach elsewhere, and now that he is stepping away from the Saints, Mm -hmm. okay? Now, look, the Saints still own his rights. So this isn't as simple as Jerry Jones picks up the phone and says, hey, Sean, come down to Big D, we'll get rid of Big Mike, and you're our guy. This would be picks. This would be money. This would be, it's going to be a big bundle if you still want to get Sean Payton. The Saints are not giving him away, folks, by any stretch of the imagination. I've also heard the Giants, with their new GM in place, that they are also going to be looking to to try to possibly make a deal here. Basically, the point is, if you want Sean Payton, it's going to cost you. Well, this is where we have to parse words together. Look, uh, in the uh, age of social media, words matter probably less than they ever have before, (laughs) but you have to kind of look at the source. I believe this from uh, Nick Underhill, who covers the Saints for WWL, the uh, affiliate down there in New Orleans, and said, Sean Payton is retiring per source. So, Ah. retiring and stepping down are very two different meanings. So, you know, we got to figure out, okay, what's that meaning? Is retiring mean, okay, I'm going to the booth here at Fox, or stepping down means hey, I might maybe uh, my old friend Jerry Jones because we know uh, Jerry and Sean Payton have a very good relationship. And I've always kind of felt that Sean Payton eventually was going to be the head coach of the Dallas Cowboys. But, uh, of course, uh, Dallas Cowboys right now already have a coach. Now that could change uh, in mere seconds, though, as we know. And, again, so to your point, Wes, again, there there are rumors, obviously, he might go into the broadcast booth. He might step away. We've heard that maybe COVID, he's been dealing with that a couple of times. That's really uh, taken a toll on Sean. Sean Payton this year. So we'll find out what his next move is. But you're right. Retirement and stepping down are two different things. But contractually, they are not. The Saints would still own his rights. He's still technically under contract. You kind of saw this coming, too, with uh, Gail Benson, the the widow of Tom Benson, and now the the principal owner of the New Orleans Saints kind of saying, we don't know what's going to happen. So that tells me, okay, we know, but we want to prepare them for the blow here. Well, So let's just take this one step further in the final couple minutes. Of course, we're going to have this covered all throughout our, our VCN programming throughout the day here because this is going to have some ripple effects certainly uh, throughout the NFL. 
But if you're now the Saints and you don't have a head coach as we talk at this moment, right? Tom Brady, we don't know what he's going to do with the Buccaneers or whether or not he's going to come back. And he said, hey, look, it's not just about me. It's about my family. This Mm -hmm. will be a family decision that we make. Is the NFC South all of a sudden in play for maybe Carolina and or Atlanta next year? Look, we both thought Carolina was going to be a little bit better this year. By the way, they have hired Ben McAdoo as their offensive coordinator, so that got scorned from the uh, New York (laughs) portion of uh, of, uh, NFL social media. Some guys are better coordinators than coaches, though, right? Maybe he is, but uh, uh, Carolina was a disappointment. Atlanta kind of was what they were. They could beat the bad teams and not really beat the good teams. Mm -hmm. Matt Ryan, I still think, has some gas left in the tank, but he's not getting any younger. You do have Arthur Smith, who's now in his second year as a head coach down in Atlanta. Atlanta of those bottom two teams, I would probably prefer a little bit more because I do think at least Matt Ryan, if you give him weapons, even in his mid-30s, I still believe he can produce for that team. That would seem like the obvious choice here out of the two because they were competitive. They, they fared well against the Saints uh, last year, hung in there against the Bucks for a little bit. So you would think if Brady was gone – and now that Sean Payton is gone, that maybe they've got a shot there once those future plays comes out after the Super Bowl. So we'll keep a watchful eye on there. But again, this is the big news of the day that Sean Payton has, in fact, a step down. We don't know if it's retirement, but clearly will not be the head coach of the New Orleans Saints next year. So we'll find out uh, what those tentacles are. In New might Orleans, uh, you would expect uh, Dennis Allen would perhaps be the promoted coach, the defensive coordinator down there in New Orleans if Gail Benson elects to kind of keep it within the organization. Uh, but the New Orleans Saints, obviously, uh, still looking uh, for a quarterback position. Uh, you know, if Jameis Winston can come back, if he is their guy, we shall see. And again, it's, it's interesting the phrasing, because you're right, words do matter. Sean Payton informed the Saints that he would be stepping away from his head coaching duties. Just interesting wording there. So we'll figure out what all this means. We're going to have a cover for you all day long right here on VEASAN. Don't go anywhere. We'll see you tomorrow back here in the Lombardi line right here on VEASAN, the sports betting network. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleh Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take D.C. on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts.